0: Welcome into the Husker Hivecast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunt, and as always, a special guest every week. And this time, we found Josh Peterson from 1620 The Zone on sportsmanlike conduct and also the most
1: recent marathon
0: run in uh, the United States, probably. So, Josh, first and foremost, how are your legs?
1: Uh, they're doing well. You know, it's, it's now it's almost been a week. Because it is a Friday since I ran the marathon, so I'm doing well as I uh, recover. And then, of course, I'm driving home on Monday, and Scott Frost makes marathon jokes. So it's like, hey, everything comes full circle.
0: Well, there you go. There you go. All right, so Nebraska has Michigan this week. They're coming off of a 56-7 to shellacking of Northwestern. They played their most complete game in years, certainly the most complete game under Scott Frost and company. And this sets up a matchup with a undefeated top ten Michigan team that has been good both offensively and defensively this year. Uh, So there is a lot of excitement about this game, and certainly the way that Nebraska played against Northwestern plays into that as well. And it is another night game, the third in a row for Nebraska. I don't know when the last time they played three night games in a row was, but it feels like it has been at least several years, if not longer. So there is that fact uh, to go into all of it. So we'll go ahead and get started, as always. A little bit on the offense, a little bit on the defense. Then we dive into the predictions that makes us so much better than every other podcast. All right. On the offensive side of the ball, we will just start with Josh Peterson. And we'll start with Adrian Martinez. What did you see from Martinez on Saturday against Northwestern. I know you had some concerns, and you weren't alone. A lot of people had concerns about what his status, not necessarily his status, but what his play would be like coming off of that Michigan State game and knowing how much pain he likely is in still from that hit that he took very early.
1: Yeah, man, I I was super impressed, and in a way I was just more impressed by the line to give him as much time, because I think that that was you know, where the biggest concern was for myself and and others, just, you know, with what was going on with his jaw and and the struggles that the offensive line had. But I mean, they gave him, you know, a pretty clean pocket for the most part. And, and, you know, that first play of the game where he kind of sidesteps a couple of guys and and gets that throw off that was caught by Samari Toure, you know, and, and after that it was, it was off to the races. I think the thing that is standing out to me most now is the season, the regular season is halfway done is like the, the ability for him to run and pick up these huge chunks of yards and like that, that option play, I know that it's not always perfect and that the ball ends up on the turf and sometimes the relationship between him and the pitch man is either a little too close or a little too far away. But I, I love watching him do that. And, and so to, to pick up as many yards as he was, you know, kind of clean without even getting hit, I think it's going to be obviously tougher um, against Michigan tomorrow. But for him to do that time after time after time and to delete the game and not have any more of those questions about the jaw, you know, beyond just, Hey, are you okay? Is, is, is pretty good.
0: You see, we saw a pair of running backs get the lion air of the carries on Saturday against Northwestern, but of course, Marquis step and Sevion Morrison each got a handful of carries in that blowout win. The depth chart changed heading into, to the week. Uh, what, what do you make of this running back picture? Do you have any sort of read on this right now that, that six weeks in, or is it still very much anything could happen at any given time? I mean, no one saw Jacquez Yant uh, coming out to, to play like he did against Northwestern, and yet here we are. You
2: know, when you would go to Village Inn as a kid, and they have the suckers up front, and they have, like, it's the purple wrapper one with the question mark, the mystery flavor. Um that's uh that's the running back situation after Ramirez, w- the one guy, I mean, Ramirez going to be part of the one, two punch. And I guess you would sort of suspect Ant is a second guy coming off last week, but I I'm a little hesitant to even say that even though it was a feel good story and fun to watch, I enjoyed it personally, but we've been down this road before where we've seen somebody sort of be the flavor of the week. And then it's a new guy. Uh, the next week. I mean, I thought going into Northwestern, Savion Morrison might be the second guy, you know, cause they had him out there at the end of Michigan state and some key reps and he was running hard. Um, so I don't know beyond Ramir. I think Ramir is the guy they trust the most when it's all said and done as the most complete back right now. Uh, but I'm like everybody else. I'd love to see Yant like what he can do against a defense like Michigan. Obviously it's not going to be the same thing in his easy sledding, uh but it, it was fun when he got in space watching him stiff arm people and it got the crowd going too i the crowd was already riled up and then when he had that 60 yard run it's like okay we're gonna have party here tonight and so uh you know i i know the fans want to see him again
0: for sure for sure were you talking about dum-dums there those suckers
2: yeah the little i think they're Yeah. Um uh, it's when they run out, I guess it's when they run out of a certain flavor. They mix two flavors together, I think, and it's a mystery sucker. And I, That's what I would always go with at Village Inn after I had my uh, mini ham and cheese skillet.
0: Dum Dums are the, the product that had like, such flavors as root beer and buttered popcorn yes. and all this sort of weird stuff. So I, I feel like the mystery flavor would be pretty dangerous.
2: Well, that's, that's uh, Nebraska's running back situation sometimes, so I think the comparison works.
0: Hey, well next week I'm going to have you decide which <laughs> running back is which flavor. <laughs> see how that goes. All right Brunts, the offensive line was a big storyline going into the northwestern game. they changed things up. What did you see from the left side of that line specifically with Teddy Perhaska and uh, Nory Nueli? and what um what do you kind of expect going against a much stiffer task in Michigan?
3: Yeah, I well what you saw finally was some movement on that side of the line um, you know the defense was moving backwards there were some creases for running backs to find um, you know even the, the Xavier Betts touchdown um, to start the third quarter you really have to give Teddy Prohaska a lot of credit on that play because he got out um, and, and he would even said during the week they'd had trouble running that play because the way that they expected Northwestern's linebackers to play him but he got out, uh, he and Volkolek, um kind of sprung that play and it, it worked as it, as it was supposed to. Uh, the pocket was cleaner. Um, you know, those are all good things. And, and, and I like, too, that Nebraska left Prohaska in there uh, well into the second half to get him some more work. I, I think that was really important. But, um, you know, the, the, it's going to get significantly harder this week. There's really no way of sugarcoating that. I mean, Michigan's front seven, is fantastic you have to deal with Aiden Hutchinson somehow um who you know is just wrecking people right now and we're, we're gonna see where they're at but you know I you, you had to push some buttons you had to move guys around and I think they finally did find a group that that works well together and, and is a little mean I mean I, if you see uh Nori uh, you know just at a press conference I mean he, he doesn't look like a guy that's uh you know, a four or five star type offensive lineman, but he's a mauler. Uh, he'll brawl a little bit. And I, I think that's kind of what's been missing um, to be paired next to Cam Jurgens. who I think has also kind of gotten after some people uh, this year on the offensive line.
0: All right, let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball. Nebraska, one of the better defense teams in the country. it week in and week out, they'll have another challenge against Michigan's running game. Uh, but they've been up to the task most weeks going against the opposing running backs. All right, Josh Peterson, we are going back to you. And it's a simple one. Which of the, the Nebraska linebackers has surprised you the most so far with their production this year?
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I, I don't know if surprised is the right word, but I just continue to be impressed by like what Garrett Nelson is doing. And, and, and really just the way that all these guys are flying around. You know, and, and while they're not always getting to the quarterback, they're certainly providing some pressure. The tackling in space, I think, maybe is what I would say I'm surprised by. And so I, I guess I'm sidestepping your answer just or your question just a little bit. But their ability to get guys down on the first, if not the second grasp throughout the games. You know, I mean, we've seen that. We've seen that in the past. Heck, we saw it maybe at the beginning of the Oklahoma game, you know, last month where Oklahoma went down the field and and they had a few broken tackles along the way but for the most part man they have really really cleaned that up and and you know just the ability to bring these guys down you know on first contact you know I, I was re-watching some of the game this morning against Northwestern and there was a play that Nelson made you know it was I think a third and two and he gets the guy in the back you know like right at the line of scrimmage and it's like okay well the, the drive now is over and they're going to have to to punt it so I guess I would just say the tackling as a whole but Garrett Nelson is certainly the guy that continues to stand out to me.
0: Jumping over to Brian Christofferson. Brian, do you have a uh, do you have an MVP for Nebraska's defense through six games so far, or is it hard because it's been such a collective effort?
2: Hmm. That's a that's another good question. I would say, Thanks,
0: guys, I appreciate it. a
2: roll. Congrats. Um, <laughs> I, I would say it's a, I would say it is hard because I th- I don't think this is a defense that has a superstar necessarily, but they, they do all play well collectively together and they, they're all doing their job. They really bought into, I go back to a conversation Eric Chenander had, it was like last spring of 2020 before COVID hit, I think at a round table and he was talking about Jojo Doman and Jojo Doman was obviously a playmaker, but he would go rogue sometimes and it would cost Nebraska like at the end of the Purdue game, the one year, and he would just get himself out of place. Now you see JoJo succeeding because he, he trusts that if he does his assignment, stuff will come his way and he'll clean it up. And everybody is sort of buying into that. So I would say it's very difficult. I think Damian Daniels is a sneaky MVP just because I, I really think in this defense you've got to have that clogger who – eats up guys eats up you know forearms I guess for it takes forearms to block them and it, it clears space for other guys like the linebackers to, to make tackles so I think Damian Daniels is maybe a, a sneaky pick and a guy who's sort of a dark horse not he's not their best guy but he's impressed me as Quinton Newsome he's not I did as a young guy who's sort of I don't know I think he's played probably be, the best of the cornerbacks so far this year. Yeah, I,
0: I, completely agree with you on point do He's maybe the biggest surprise for me uh, on the defense so far this year. we will finish up the defensive talk with this and, and BC referenced him. When we talk about the defensive line, we spent a lot of time on Damian Daniels. What do you mean from Nebraska's defensive ends, which now include Casey Rogers? who's back in action after missing much of the beginning of the season.
3: Well, that was just an okay question. Um, Damn it. I think, I I I think it's still going to be a very small pool of guys that, that are playing. I mean, I I don't know about you guys. I mean, Casey Rogers was out there. I, I don't know how impactful he necessarily was right out of the gates coming back uh, from that injury. But I I think as as he grows or gets more gets healthier, quite frankly, I mean, I think he can be a guy that that can help you more on third down. But I think for the most part, it's been you know, a pretty small group of guys that have been doing the bulk of the work. there. talking Ty Robinson, Damian Daniels, um, Ben Stilley. We haven't seen a ton of Jordan Riley, who you know, at the start of the year, that was a, a guy that, you know, it seemed like to a man, the staff was saying, yes, he's going to help us and, and everything else. But, um, you know, I, I think having a little bit of a, a, a different look on third down is probably helpful because you, d- you do kind of wonder with that group, I mean, you're, you're, Playing eight games in a row before your first buy, and you kind of wonder, you know, what, what's kind of the, I guess the the com the, comp, the, the I'm trying to think what the right word is, but just the continued pounding that you take, playing physical mileage? defense. Yeah, I mean you're putting a lot of mileage on the tires, so it's uh, you know, I, I think it's helpful to have him. I, I'm I think it's going to be a couple weeks before he can really be kind of the Casey Rogers that he showed that he, uh, he was towards the end of last season.
0: All right. is that time the podcast will mostly listen for, and that is the oddly specific predictions because anything can happen in a Nebraska football game, as we have learned. And sometimes you can even predict it. And that's what we're going to attempt to do here. Uh, we'll just kind of stick in the same order. We've been going Josh Peterson. You have the honors.
1: Uh, So my oddly specific prediction is that Adrian Martinez is going to score on an 11 yard option keeper in the last couple of minutes of the third quarter, setting up for you know, the, the new thing that they're doing with, you know, more music from the 1970s or 80s or whatever song that they choose. And and the the way in which it's described is like, this is the best atmosphere that Nebraska's had at a football game in. And, you know, it'll just depend on your generation. Some will say 2016, Oregon. Others will say 1992, Colorado. Even some will say 1978, Oklahoma. So a late score by Martinez. atmosphere is celebrated for for weeks if not months for years
0: all right brian
2: okay um i'll say chancellor brewington who's been wrecking people on their goal line offense they'll they'll bring him in and they're gonna slip him out though this time and he's gonna catch a two-yard touchdown pass um so he he gets he finally gets his reward maybe at does he have a touchdown
0: he did he had one against boredom
2: all right, well, that's old news then. But he's going to score another touchdown, a two-yarder. And also, there's going to be a little bit of a, not a Nebraska-Miami fight-type deal where, you know, R- Randy Greg, he's, Gregory's not going to show up again and start coming at Michigan. But there's going to be uh, a little bit of a jawing and where they got to separate each other at some point in this game. Like, where it's, where it's like, oh, that was kind of a fight, where we kind of described it as like a, a brouhaha. So uh, I think it's going to be that type of atmosphere, and that's the part I'm most looking forward to.
3: Brunt? Yeah, I think – so coming into this game, Michigan is first in the conference in rushing, seventh nationally, averaging 255 a game. Nebraska is 14th nationally, second in the conference at 237.5 per game. I think this is going to be just kind of a – a heavyweight wrestling match where people just there's gonna be a lot of just holding and grappling, and I don't think that either team is gonna rush for over 125 on the other, so that's that's my oddly specific prediction. And just because it didn't happen again, um, I think Austin Allen catches an 11 yard touchdown pass.
0: <laughs> you keep going to that well. <laughs> It's gonna pay off. You're gonna you're gonna feel good when it finally does. All right. I uh, I am gonna go with this oddly specific prediction. A non-quarterback will attempt a pass for Nebraska, and that player is going to be Xavier Betts. Xavier Betts is going to throw a pass to uh, let's say, let's say Samari Toure. It'll be bets to Toure at some point in the first half on Saturday. It will be completed. It will not go for a touchdown.
3: That that does right. seem oddly uh, specific. <laughs>
0: well, look, i i had to I had to up the ante. We can't always just choose the tight end to score a touchdown. In the
3: game. <laughs> we can. Oh, we will. That's
0: like, that's like, maybe someday he will. All right. Picks to click. We'll go, uh, we'll go reverse order. I will start. Oliver Martin has his second 100-yard game in Big Ten play, this time to Michigan, the team that he committed to, signed with, and played for before his first transfer. Oliver Martin, back on track. Uh, let's go, Bronx. Um,
3: I think that – kind of going off of the oddly specific prediction, I think that this is going to be the type of game where Damian Daniels is going to need to show up in a big way. Uh, I think he does, and I I think he kind of keys that uh, Nebraska run defense. So I'll go with the big guy in the middle. Damian Daniels is my pick to click. BC? Uh, Abdomen. That's kind of an easy
2: answer maybe but I I probably should have said he's a defensive MVP because he honestly is because they don't have to take him off the field and he I mean all the plays he's making behind the line of scrimmage but yeah Doman this is going to be one of those games where before a national audience you know Doman sort of puts on a show and sort of a, a defensive uh, battle between two teams
0: and Josh
1: I'm going to go with a pretty easy answer, too, and I'm just going to go with Adrian. I mean, he's averaging over 300 yards per game, 15 touchdowns total on the season. Um, if, if Nebraska is going to win this game or certainly keep it close going into the fourth quarter, he's going to have to have another one of those performances and, and you know, a relatively clean sheet as well, whether it's sacks or or turnovers. So I'll go with Adrian.
0: Oh, wow, clean sheet, working in some soccer terms.
1: <laughs> it's on my mind a lot. <laughs> well.
0: You and the West Ham fan here. Yeah, so. indeed. All right. Uh, I Normally, most weeks, I feel like I know how the prediction segment is going to go. Uh, I feel like I know who's leaning where or what they're going to do. I honestly don't have a clue uh, what everyone else is going to predict. So I'm going to go first and just get it out of the way. And I have Michigan defeating Nebraska 17-15. On Saturday, I don't know why Nebraska gets a 15, but that's what we're going with. Most of the scores are weird this past mm-hmm. week. Side six is kind of weird, especially for Nebraska. Uh, 17, Michigan, Nebraska still searching big. One. Um, BC, is
2: that like a failed two-point conversion with 48 seconds left, or something? Or
0: sure, we go up a miss kick with no time remaining, oh. or we can, you know, there's lots of ways to go. That would be tough.
2: Oof. Um, Man, I wish I were going last because I, I was almost this is so chicken. I was gonna base it off what other people did to kind of <laughs> even the
1: <laughs>
2: now, now I don't want us all to pick Michigan. I, I, I'm gonna say Michigan 23 to 20. Hopefully Bronz will go with the, the home guys and or, or Josh. Um 23 to 20 Michigan. Um I I think Nebraska the one thing I wonder if they if can turn the ball over, um, you know, if Michigan will, if they can cause some takeaways, Michigan has only turned it over one time in five games. So you might say, well, they're kind of due for one of those nights. Um, but if, if Michigan can, you know, be that type of sound team, I think Nebraska still is a little too mistake prone for me to pick them. All right. We will save
0: Brunt's for last Josh.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Michigan as well. Like I said in my oddly specific prediction, I think Nebraska is going to have the lead going into the fourth quarter, but Michigan's just able to make a couple of extra plays. Nebraska has the ball at the very end with a chance to to take the lead and win the game, but they fall just short. I'll go with Michigan. Oh, Man, I'll go 22 to 19.
0: <laughs> and Michael Briggs,
3: that was actually going to be my prediction: 22 19. Um, but with Nebraska winning, um, so I, I will, uh, <laughs> I actually would be very surprised, um, if it got much higher than that, but I, uh, I'll flip it. I'll, I'll go 22, 19 Nebraska. It, I think the atmosphere is going to be worth a point or two. Um, maybe it gets you to 22. I don't know, but, um, I, I think, I, I think that's going to help. I, I think that, uh, Nebraska is going to be pretty juiced up for this game. So I will – I'll be the lone wolf here and go Nebraska 22-19.
0: All right, three predictions for Michigan, one for Nebraska. Big game on Saturday under the lights once again. Uh, Do you guys want a bonus prediction? What song will be played during the light show? Will it still be – will still be Thunderstruck or is, is Nebraska going to change it up? Josh, do you have thoughts? I
1: think they stick to Thunderstruck because the response for it was so good. BC? Go ahead, Bruns. I was going to say, it was cool. It
3: was pretty cool.
2: I don't know if it fits a light show, but is there still love in the air for, like, let me clear my throat? I think maybe that they might see if they bust it out and get people hopping a bit.
0: Especially if Nebraska is leading, as Josh has predicted.
2: Yeah, I could I could see them doing let me clear my throat again. Which was I will say the Oregon game when they did it with like 4 minutes left after yeah. they took the lead. That was one of the more actually I might put that at the top of things I've seen at Memorial Stadium. It was so loud and that next possession it was incredible. I hope there's a moment like that Saturday. it would it would it would be great for this fan base.
0: All right, we will find out if uh, Kate McNamara is Dakota Prukop and uh, all that and more here on Saturday. Be sure to check out Husker 24-7. We'll have plenty of coverage leading up to the game. We'll have plenty of coverage after the game. So Nebraska, I'm sure we'll have visitors in town. There'll be a lot going on. Be sure to check that out. We'll be back next week with some more podcasts.
4: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.